Hello everybody, it's Colin Ellis here. Welcome to another Culture and Coffee podcast for Monday the 18th of July 2022. My daughter started doing a countdown to Christmas, which she does every year. It's this many days to Christmas, and she said it the other day, and I can't even remember what it was, 100 and something, and I'm like, there's no way it's that close to Christmas. There's just no way. Uh, But it is. Um, So wherever you are in the world, if you're plugging through winter, if you're getting through summer, uh, I hope you're looking forward to it. Um, I am in the Netherlands this week. I'm in The Hague. The Hague is the political seat of power here in Holland. It's not the capital. Amsterdam is the capital. Uh, But The Hague is the political seat of power. It's also home to the European Union. Uh, which, of course, Britain left, which means that my passport doesn't get me fast entry and I have to queue up for 45 minutes like everyone else, but that's okay. I'll get over it. Um, no, not really. Um, so, yes, I'm, I'm in The Hague. I'm sat in a, in a little cafe. I'll take my glasses off so I can see properly here. Um, I'm on Nurendende. Nurendende? Nurendende. Maybe that's how I pronounce it. Where it's, it's almost devoid of cars. But it's just bikes everywhere. Like you have to, you have to have eyes in the back of your head. Just get run over by. I almost got run over by a bike last time I was in Holland a few years ago. I did a speech in Belgium and and came to Holland, and yeah, <laughs> almost got run over by a bike. Uh, but you do, you have to have eyes everywhere. Um, it's a lovely, pleasant, warm summer morning, uh, uh, which is beautiful. Um, now there's a difference. Now you have to know the difference. Uh, between a coffee shop and a cafe. The coffee, by the way, is, is a filter coffee, um, which is brewed during using an Aeropress, which is like a long, thin uh, machine. You get a more intense flavour with an, with an Aeropress. It's a, it's a Guatemalan, let me just taste it. Mm, that's lovely, it's like, a, it's like milk, milk chocolate, like a milk chocolate taste. Um, yeah, so coffee shops or establishments were the sale of cannabis for personal consumption uh, is tolerated so you can literally walk into a a a coffee shop and they have to be licensed in the Hague someone nearly got run over by a bike then (laughs) and and buy cannabis if that's your thing now you can't smoke it in public Uh, you can only smoke it in in the coffee shops and there's about Amsterdam alone, I went to Amsterdam yesterday, there's about 150, 160 coffee shops. Most of them are, are, are located in the red light district. Um, but some of them are quite touristy. But people people genuinely come here, I remember as a kid, stag do's and all kinds of things. Um, bachelorette parties, they would come to, they would go to Amsterdam for a weekend and partake in the community consumption at a coffee shop, whereas a cafe, he says, remembering what he was talking about, uh, a cafe is a place where you can get coffee, and so you'd be pleased to know that I am in a cafe, not uh, a coffee shop. Um, now we're on a little bit of a, a European trip, as you can probably tell from where I'm recording all of the, uh, the podcasts, um, so we moved on from... Uh, the UK, uh, here in Holland, heading to Italy today. Um, I, I, you know, when I reflect back on what I enjoyed about being in the UK, you know, amongst other things, it was obviously seeing the family. Um, but it's the humour, particularly in Liverpool, uh, it's the humour, like, just like everyone's funny. <laughs> well, not everyone, there's some miserable buggers, but you get that everywhere, right? Um, but there's so much humour. And as 
kind of in, in London, in and amongst the, the working environment there, you know, you hear laughter. And for me, laughter's always a great sign. It's always a great sign of a, of a vibrant culture. Um, and, I, I, you know, I, over the last couple of years, you know, I'm recording this in 2022, towards the tail end of the pandemic, we think, who knows? Um, but there's a sense of normality returning a little bit. Uh, people are starting to drift back into uh, to, to offices, um, you know, and, and it, it's been very serious. For obvious reasons, it's been very serious over the last couple of years. Now, one thing the office is good for is for banter. Now, that's not to say you can't do it virtually. Of course you can. It just takes a little bit more time. It takes a little bit uh, more effort. Um, and, and so it's important that we re-establish those little bits of banter, we re-establish that humour, um, you know, kind of in order that we can inject that sense of vibrancy. You know, humour has so many good mental health benefits, but it has to be done in the right way. Uh, there are still some people that don't understand how to do humour. Listen, there are, some, there are some people that just aren't funny, right? And you should not try. If you're not funny, you should not try and be funny. Like, I'm not a mathematician, um, so I, you know, I don't try and do any kind of complex sums ever. Um, but I think, you know, um, when it comes to humour, the, the world has changed considerably over the last probably 10 years and there are some people in the workplace that struggle with this you might have someone on your team that struggles with it who, who seems to specialise in saying the most inappropriate things and then we'll you know, then, then we'll try and cover that by saying it's a joke yeah, it's a classic like teenage son does this all the time like he's still trying to find his way not inappropriate humour but he's trying to find his way from a humour perspective and then when no one finds it funny he says it's a joke I'm like dude if you have to say it's a joke then it's you know it, it probably needs a bit more work but some of these people um, they'll say things like oh it's different you can't say anything anymore oh times have changed blah 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 more often than not none of those things were funny to begin with uh, you know often with inappropriate humour, um, there was a greater tolerance for it because people were less prepared to do anything about it. Um, and, it, you know, these things were, were, were never really funny. They sought to harass. Uh, well, what we're looking for is a little bit of light, you know, light-hearted teasing or joking that's amusing and friendly. It, it, and and humour is then only a bad thing when one person takes it too far. And it's, it's the one person and their attitudes uh, and the one person and the way that they talk and deliver that that, that, that needs to be dealt with. But when it's done well, um, it, you know, it really is that glue, that vibrancy. Now, you'll know, you know, I've stayed at quite a few hotels, been to quite a few businesses. Um, you know when the culture's vibrant because you see it everywhere. And you hear it. I love hearing people laugh, as long as it's not to the detriment of the service. You know, people just laughing and joking and not <laughs> anyone, or laughing and joking and not doing their work. I love hearing laughter um, because it, it's a sign of happiness, it's a sign of enjoyment, and it's a, it's a sign of togetherness. Now, I think humour works best when, when people have actually taken the time to get to know each other. One of the things that I do in my culture workshops is I try and get people laughing almost immediately. And within the first morning, I try to get them to laugh at themselves. That self-deprecating humour is so, so important. We're, we're, you know, because what we want to do is take our work seriously, but not ourselves. 
So if you have those relationships, you know, how do you get to the point where you've got that light-hearted, you know, as the British would call it, banter or light-hearted teaser? I did some research for, for the podcast, like I do for most podcasts, but I, but I did here because, what, you know, um, what I wanted to do was find out the latest research on kind of this banter versus bullying, humour versus harassment. Um, and so I found, a, I found a really good study uh, at the end of 2020 um, by Bugless, Abel, Betts, Hill and Saunders, um, which studied uh, banter versus bullying from, from, from a university student perspective. And they, you know, they interviewed almost 200 students aged 18 to, 30, uh, 18 to 35. Interestingly, two-thirds of them were female. Uh, and, and what they found was that those students perceived banter to be indicative of, I'm using their words here, positively intentioned social exchanges uh, with few inferring potential links to negative behaviour. So I thought that was really interesting. What, what I didn't take from the, the survey, uh, from the results, was how close were these people? Because I think if the 200 people were close, it's easy to do that. And you'll know if you've worked with someone for a long period of time. It's easier to develop that humour. It's, it's easier to do the little bit of gentle ribbing. We can remember that time where someone tripped over a pavement, didn't did themselves no physical harm. That's just funny. You know, it's quite slapstick. You know, I, for me, I grew up on, on things like Laurel and Hardy. I grew up in things like Harold Lloyd, some of those silent movies. Dad wasn't a fan of Charlie Chaplin, so we didn't do that. And some of those slapstick things can still be quite funny as long as people don't come to any physical harm. Um, uh, other, other research on banter uh, found that it's indicative of solidarity. Uh, it, it, a, a banter culture can facilitate interaction, enhance affiliation and increase compliance to, to group norms. Uh, it can also be used to develop and maintain social bonds. Uh, whereas the difference between that and, and bullying, bullying there's an intent to harm uh, with inappropriate and hurtful teasing. And so if you're looking to introduce humour, you know, what you could do, uh, uh, you know, and some, some banter into the team is firstly you need to get to know each other as human beings, not just about work. It's find a little bit about each other, you know, kind of where have you come from, what are your interests, what are your hobbies, what are those things that we don't know about each other. And this is why social interaction is, is, is so important for vibrant culture, is you, you get to know people out of work. Now, as I've mentioned before, extroverts, you can't force people into social interaction, but introverts, you have to be willing to do it every now and again, um, you know, because of the importance. Um... So, yeah, so, you know, where it's inappropriate, where it's hurtful, they're, they're core components of bullying. Um, the other thing that you can think about is what are those unwritten rules that you might want to openly talk about? Um, and, and so I think when it comes to banter is, you know, what, what is appropriate to talk about? What's appropriate to laugh about? Um, we, what we end up doing is making it up as we go along. Now, now like most things in... in kind of the way that we work together often um, it, it, it takes a mistake or someone does something that they shouldn't for everybody else to learn but it needn't be that way especially if you've got a new team if you've got a new team that's just forming right now is you should openly talk about the fact that banter and humor is really good for vibrancy of culture it's really good for maintaining relationships but let's talk about the things that aren't appropriate you know and have that conversation things that 
things that are hurtful, things that are damaging, you can't talk about people's height and weight and the way that they look and their dress. You can talk about their dress sense when, you, when you've worked together and you've got to know each other really, really well. I remember I was part of a team and we had dressed down Friday one day. Now, we'd all been working together for about two years. We had dressed down Friday and I don't really, you'll be surprised to learn, I didn't really do dress down Friday. Um, and one guy came in in a pair of shorts, but they weren't really shorts and they weren't really trousers. And they weren't really stylish three-quarter length trousers. Essentially, he looked like he'd bought a pair of trousers that were too short for him. Well, we gave him a fair bit of stick, but we were able to do that because we had such a close relationship, such a close bond. And at the start of the day, he was like, I don't care what you guys think, I feel comfortable, which of course is always the right response. And by lunchtime, he's like, okay, I get it. I'm regretting my choice of trousers now. But again, you know, because we knew each other, we knew that it was okay to do that, that it wouldn't be taken in the wrong way. But if you don't have that, then have the conversation. Have the conversation so that everybody um, is aware. Now, remember, you, you, there's always one, as I've spoken about before, there's always one bad apple that, that potentially can spoil the fruit bowl. And so... Um, you know, the first time that anybody says or does something that's any, that's even vaguely harassing or vaguely bullying, which they might think is funny. And listen, genuinely, they might think that what they're saying should be construed as funny. I get that. Not everyone's got the same sense of humour. It's important that you remember that. Um, but if you're a manager of people and it's vaguely, you know, it's, it's borderline, then you need to talk to them about that. But, but you know, people... People who do those things, they often lack self-awareness. Um, they they kind of fail to realise that some forms of humour, uh, some forms of banter can be misconstrued by the other individual. And so it, it's about helping people. And people often see it as a generational thing. It's like, oh, you know, kind of older people just don't get the way the world's changed. I get it. But, you know, a lot of it depends on your upbringing as well. So there may be some younger people... Uh, who similarly don't understand that um, either. There used to be, um, th- there's a great book called The, uh, the Art of Possibility by Rosamund Stone Zander and, uh, uh, and, and Ben Zander. And I've mentioned it before, and in it there was, uh, there was a, a quote about, it's called Never Forget Rule Number Six, and Rule Number Six is Don't Take Yourself Too Seriously. I used to write this on whiteboards wherever I worked. I remember one CEO came down and said, Colin, what does this mean? Rule number six. I said, oh, John, it means, you know, don't take yourself too seriously. And he said, what's rule number five? He was an engineer. What's rule number five? I said, ah, never forget rule number six. And he didn't really get it. But the point that I was trying to make, the point that I was trying to, yeah, it was quite awkward. He was just kind of walked off, just like looking at me like, what, you're a bit weird. Why would you write that? And it was just a reminder that, you know, what we wanted to do was really make sure that we gave work everything. But also we needed to take the time out to laugh, you know. The whole point of laughter is the best medicine. Of course it is. It relieves tension. It relieves stress. It relieves anxiety. It's been proven to actually improve your immune system. Um, So, you know, all of these things, positive effects of laughing and banter... Uh, providing that it's not taken too far. Um, and, and I can't remember who it was. 
can't remember, but they said having a self-deprecating sense of humour is a hallmark of an emotionally intelligent leader, and I completely agree with that statement. Um, because it's knowing when's the right time for me to relieve the stress. Mark Twain said the human race has only one really effective weapon, and that's humour. Because it is the thing that, that, that sees us through. Um, so some other ideas, some other things you can do, you know, when everything gets a bit serious. I used to watch episodes of The Office with my team. Um, we we would uh, set the vid- we set my I used to have a DVD player in my laptop and I had the box set at the office and we would I would bring it in and leave it in my desk at work and then we just took it up to one of the TVs in the office and we would take 25 minutes out of the day watch an episode of the office. I remember we watched Faulty Towers once when one guy was just like I just I just need something daft and we watched Faulty Towers. Um, there was something else I can't remember. There's another show. One that I didn't particularly like, but I watched it because you only need is one little laugh um, uh, to break the ice. So I think I, I think for, for, for humour to be really effective, to make sure that you've got humour, not harassment, is firstly get to know each other. Uh, be deliberate about that team-building exercise. Be deliberate about um, understanding what makes each other tick and, and kind of talk openly about what's appropriate to laugh about and, and, and what's not. Of course, you can use the podcast as a, a catalyst. You might even want to share the podcast with other people, get them to listen to it. The next thing is finding time for laughter. Um, you know, because everything's so serious, because we're going 100 miles an hour, often there isn't the time for laughter that there should be. Uh, so you have to kind of make money. Now, you don't have to kind of put a wooden box down, stand up, you know, and, you know, deliver a stand-up comedy routine. You really don't. You can talk about something funny that you've read, something funny that you've seen. We used to share Friday funnies via YouTube. Now we talked about what was appropriate to share and what was not. Uh, at the time, the company had banned YouTube. Talk about a lack of trust. Uh, but I got that changed. Um, you know, I played the trust card. I'm like, how do you trust people or you don't trust people? They were like, oh, people wait. I remember the argument. You'll love this. Uh, here's a bit of humour for you. I remember the argument for banning it was that people would waste time on it. And my argument back is more people waste time in pointless meetings than they ever would watching YouTube. Yeah, no comeback, funnily enough, on that one because it was so true. Uh, so five time for laughter. Um, my team and I went to the uh, Melbourne Comedy Festival in one of my jobs. Uh, I go to little comedy nights. It's a good way of mixing social interactivity and, and, and somebody else's humour, although we went to one show, it was rubbish, but that was fine. It gave us something to laugh about. Of course it did. Um, and remember to take your work seriously, but not yourself. Um, you know, when you, when you reflect on who you are and what you're about... The more human you are, the greater your your chances for developing really strong bonds, really strong relationships with uh, other people. And you know when you're with your friends, the best nights that you have are when it feels safe uh, and you're able to share a laugh or two. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast on humour. Hope you have a fabulous day wherever you are in the world. Ta-ra for now.